God's plan is for your home to be awesome. We've looked at various areas where God's word directly impacts us and found some things that will help us reach that goal. But really, isn't there always something that comes up that seems to kind of move the goalposts? We, were, we almost had things going well in our house, and then uh, something happens. Uh, Proverbs says, as sparks fly upward, so man is born to trouble. And uh, so every once in a while in our home, there's uh, sparks. And uh, it, that doesn't bother us too much. Sometimes, I, sometimes I'm the one creating those sparks. And, uh, and then sometimes, uh, you know, it gets a little worse. You get smoke in your eyes, and this isn't going really good. And sometimes, honestly, doesn't it feel like you're... Your, your life is on fire. Your home is on fire. And you go, how do we get here? How do we get here? Well, um, you know, 11 of us from four different churches went down to Lafayette, Indiana a couple of weeks ago to uh, the Lafayette Faith Biblical Counseling uh, um, something. Uh, <laughs> conference. Conference, that's the word. We went down to this conference, and uh, it was interesting because we get the biblical foundation and how it applies to every iteration of sin and problem that we can ever have. And so we talk about everything from cutting to um, marital issues to um, sexual attractions to, like, everything. And, and common to it all is the fact that the Bible has answers for us in this. And so um, we're going in. That was just last week. And so we're going again in 2020. Registration's always are already open. It's great. You can come. It'll cost you about a thousand bucks. But hey, if you get in now, it'll cost you less because you can get early registration. I think it's like, I don't know what, $300 US or something. And then you have a whole year to save up. And so you can come with us. We took two vans down. We'd love to take four vans. You go, why would I want to go to a counseling um, uh, thing? Well, it's a conference. It's because, it's because what we're really talking about is how scripture applies to our lives. Uh, we're, we're having gospel conversations all the time. And so uh, if you actually want to get in on the cheap seats for a hundred bucks, just a mere, a mere tenth of that cost. You can come with us on March 21st and 22nd to Oakville uh, for the Canadian Biblical Counseling Coalition, and they call their thing actual, uh, actually gospel conversations. Because the truth is, we all have struggles. Every family faces trouble, conflict, sin, and suffering. Listen to what Ed, Ed Welch says about this. What he says applies equally well to our families as to the church family. Uh, As you set out to equip your church community, here are two questions to consider. How can you grow a church culture in which people are open about their struggles? This has implications even for the way you preach and how the leadership engages with each other. The mutual care of souls will only happen in a church that assumes we all have struggles and invites people to be open with them. So how can we grow a family culture where where we are open about our struggles? Um, uh, here's another way of saying that. Um, can anyone in my family or everyone in my family uh, call me out when I'm speaking wrongly or harshly? Say, hey, Dad, um, that, that was actually quite mean. Can I be mean? Uh, yeah, I can be mean. So does everyone have the right to call me out? That's where we're open about our struggles and uh, encouraging. And so uh, do I always have to be right? Uh, that's a good question. What are the basic skills, uh, he goes on, what are the basic skills that everyone in the church should be growing in? For example, speak less and listen more. How good are we at that? Anyone good at that? Uh, no, I'm not good at that. I, I listen 
to answer instead of listening to understand. Uh, We need to get better at that. How about following the person's feelings? Because that usually leads to what's especially important to them. We've uh, Honestly, we've kind of downplayed feelings, haven't we? We said, oh no, don't pay any attention to feelings. Um, That was the wrong thing to say. Don't lead with your feelings, but my feelings tell me what I value. Uh, When I get angry about something, it says that that thing is very important to me. And so when you're angry and yelling at somebody, a good question to stop and ask is, what is so important to me right now that I would kill for it? Because anger in the heart is kind of like that, right? And so uh, we want to go to uh, the heart uh, through their feelings. When you don't know what to say, pray. I love that about our church. We see people just sitting around here together, two people over here praying out in the lobby. Somebody just, let me pray about that. I don't always know what to say but I always know what to pray. Lord, help, help, help now, Lord, help. Right now would be a great time. Please help. You can pray that. Just say, help, Lord. That one's easy. It's not hard to pray at all. Um, uh, Make meaningful connections between the struggles of life and Jesus. These are some possible essentials you can consider. Uh, He goes on to say, this era is full of personal struggles. Some of these are struggles that humanity has always had, such as anxiety, depression, addiction, shame, and anger. Yet it has added some of its own, such as internet addictions and its resulting isolation and some of the psychiatric diagnoses. All of them can be helped by meaningful engagement by a wise and loving church community. Listen, these things come home, don't they? Uh, Some examples might be you're sitting across uh, the table from coffee and uh, your friend says, you know, I found drugs in my son's room last night. I don't know what to do. Or, uh, you know, you're you're, uh, sitting in the car and just before they get out, you say, yeah, we we actually had a pretty big fight last night. We were yelling and swearing. Wow. Sometimes you hear this. uh, uh, The doctor's report just isn't good. Or how about this one? She called in... Called in sick every day this week and never got out of bed. And she's not sick. Mm. Listen, what you say next, because you're going to say something. You're at coffee with them. You're in the car with them. You're, you're, you're sitting somewhere. You're in the living room. You're going to say something. What you say next is soul care. For good or bad, you're caring for their soul. And we want to do that well. So how can we address the inevitable dysfunction we're going to face in our families? I believe uh, Galatians 6, 1 to 10 gives us some categories to put the innumerable dysfunctions we face into, along with some responses we can bring to it, and along the way, some warnings for us as we move through the passage. So let's turn to Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 to 10. You listen along as I read. Brothers, brothers and sisters, if anyone is caught in any transgression... You who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each one will have to bear his own load." Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. 
And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Let me ask God to use his word in our lives today. Father, thank you for this opportunity we have. Father, as we move through your uh, truth, I pray that your spirit will uh, use it. Father, as we engage with your word in the power of your Holy Spirit, we can be transformed. And so, Lord, that's what we long for. We long to be all that we cannot be on our own. We need something from outside of ourselves, and that's what you bring. And so, Father, would you uh, come and speak to our hearts? Father, we need encouragement today, and perhaps some of us need rebuke. Um, Lord, we need direction, and so all these things come from your word, and so I pray that you will bless this time. Uh, Father, use it, uh, take your truth, uh, the best parts of it, and uh, use it in each of our lives to change the way we think and what we desire and what we choose. And so, Father, today, bring transformation through your word as we pay attention to it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, addressing the inevitable Inevitable dysfunction in our homes, God's way demands, first of all, a, a careful response. A careful response. Uh, so often when we try and help, we kind of stomp all over each other, don't we? Well, we want a careful response. And uh, I think that there's uh, some categories uh, listed here that we can think in that will help us uh, in knowing how we can come alongside the different kinds of problems our families face, and I've included those under three uh, categories, sin, suffering, and stewardship. Uh, Isn't that cool, the way I alliterated that? Uh, That'll help you remember, maybe. Um, So, sin issues. Let's uh, look at this first. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual uh, should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Uh, caught or overtaken recognizes that we're all subject to sin. Uh, we're all subject to this. The word um, actually kind of just means um, um, kind of overtaken. It's kind of like when you're walking along the beach. Have you ever done that? And the waves are coming in and you, you don't want to get your shoes wet. So you just kind of walk in and then you see a really nice shell. And so you kind of follow the wave out and you pick it up and then boom, the wave comes in and it overtakes and your shoes get wet anyway. So I just should have kicked them off in the first place. And uh, that's, that's, now listen, that's the kind of the picture here. You're just o- o- overtaken. And how many feel, be honest with me, how many feel like the last time somebody sinned against you, that kind of language is letting them off the hook, right? Like I can just hear it this afternoon. You go home and you just, oh, honey, I don't know how that happened. I don't know how I just slipped into that. Like, um, uh, that, you know, I was just walking along and it's like sin jumped over the hedge and wham, I got me. Like, I don't know how that happened. Uh, Ravi Zacharias talks about uh, some cultures where the language uh, lets us off the hook. Uh, there's one that says, uh, the glass from my hand, it slipped. I didn't drop it. It slipped. And uh, we often do that with sin, don't we? Well, that's not really what this is saying. Caught may imply just that uh, scene in the very act. Hey, what are you looking at? Um, hey, what, why are you here? What are you doing? Um, caught in the very act. Or it may simply imply a lack of premeditation. Literally, it's a stumbling. We, we're not careful and... All of a sudden, I find myself going somewhere. Well, I wasn't going to go here again. 
down here, here that, that blind alley, here I am. And it's, we didn't mean to get there. We weren't thinking about it, choosing it, but here we are. Well, if stumbles call for restoration, certainly premeditated and willful sins do. A restore rep- implies repentance, a turning from the sin and seeking forgiveness and reconciliation. Proverbs 28.13 says, Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will find mercy. And so our, uh, our response needs to be restore. Um, that means to put back into its original condition. Uh, we need to qualify that a little bit. What are we talking about? What, what does it mean to put somebody back into their original condition? Uh, what we're talking about is your relationship with God. And so we're not talking about like just going back, oh, let's just like, hey, I apologize. Let's just go back. Let everything be the way it was before. No, no, no. We're talking about uh, putting you back into a right relationship with God where your sin is confessed and you're restored and uh, God uh, cleanses you from every stain and uh, gives you his righteousness. That's what we're talking about. Uh, So often we get this mixed up in church discipline. um, We think somebody's doing something to me. I was talking to one gentleman. We said, "You you can't serve here anymore and you can't go to your small group anymore. Well, why? Well, because he was uh, choosing to live in a, a sinful lifestyle. And uh, so we said, you can't do those things. He said, you're going to do that to me? And I said, whoa, 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 no, no. No, actually, the problem here is your relationship with God is broken. And that's what needs to be fixed. And we're just reflecting that. And so what needs to happen is you need to repent and be restored to God, and then we'll work out what that looks like here. And so that's what we're really talking about. Uh, this, is, this is the essence of our message here. This is the essence of our message here. We've all sinned and fall short of God's standards, His glory. We're not like Him. Um, we're not like Him at all. As a matter of fact, we're opposite to Him. Even when we're at our best, when we're good, um, we're doing it for selfish motives, and, and we're not doing it to please Him. And we've fallen short of His glory, and God would be just in condemning us. But He did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. And so He offers us uh, righteousness and life in Jesus Christ. This is the foundation for everything we teach and live out here. Have you believed and received the salvation that Jesus Christ offers? Listen, how many in your Bibles, you got uh, Galatians chapter 6 right here, and right across the page is Ephesians 1. If you're on your smartphone, it probably doesn't work that way. You have to hit the arrow or scroll up or something to get to. Ephesians chapter 1, there's a whole paragraph there, the spiritual blessings in Christ. It's a whole paragraph that lays out God's purposes for all of eternity from before he even started, before anything was created to when he con- uh, consummates it at the end. And, uh, you know, we were just studying, I was studying this with a couple of friends on Friday and the, the message changed on Friday because I found this and it's so exciting. And that paragraph just pictures uh, God's purposes across time. As, uh, as uh, being singular. He's bringing salvation to people. And uh, it, it, on the backdrop of all of time, you see God's purpose unerring, moving through time uh, to save people. It's kind of like when you go outside on a summer's night and it's really uh, clear and you see all the stars and you, you see a, a satellite going across. Right? Have you seen that? And it's just like it's a, a white light and it's just moving 
And you know it's not an airplane because it's not blinking blue and red. And, and it's just like it's just moving just as steady, steady, steady. If it goes behind a cloud, you know exactly when it's going to come out because it's just unerring. And that's kind of God's purposes in salvation through time. It's unerring. It's unwavering. God is bringing salvation to people. And Paul goes on to say that. He says, uh, through him we have the forgiveness of our trespasses uh, according to the riches of his grace which he lavished on us, making knowing to us the mystery of his will, a plan for the fullness of time. He goes on to say, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also. Listen, here's how it happens. God's unerring purpose comes through time when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. It comes right here to you. This is our message. This is what it's about. You hear the gospel. Jesus Christ is God. He died in your place and offers you forgiveness and life. And you believe in him. Say, okay, Jesus, I believe you're, you're real. I believe you. I believe you'll save me. Please do. And he seals you with the Holy Spirit and saves you. That's our, that's, that's our message. So, what do we do when we stumble? I have salvation. I'm sealed. I, I'm cleansed. I'm forgiven. But then I stumble. This is where we live. We restore through repentance if possible. And so that's our, our response. We restore. So here's our first warning. Um, don't be careless. Keep watch on yourself lest you too be tempted. This is one of the times this warning is needed. It's carelessness that often precedes a stumble. Um, wouldn't it be sad when you're trying to help somebody else out of a hole and you fall in it? Uh, don't get chummy with somebody else's sinfulness. Jude verse 23 says, Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained, with, uh, stained by the flesh. Um, so respond carefully with... Um, in sin, sometimes we, we know, I'm not really sure how to respond. We have a tool here. Let us take it to it. It's our uh, SOS tool. We use this all the time in our small groups and in counseling. And it's just trying to quantify what we're dealing with when we're dealing with dysfunction in our homes. It's not just uh, sin issues necessarily. Sometimes it's other things. But first of all, we want to look at the severity. It's uh, SOS, is severity, ownership, support. Uh, what is the severity of the situation we're facing? Is it a wisdom issue? Is there mild stress? Is it just an everyday problem? Like, you know, like it's just like stuff, right? The everyday stuff. Uh, maybe it's a one or a two. Uh, maybe it's a moderate conflict. Uh, you're distressed, but you're still functioning. Um, it's more complex issues. This cuts across a couple of things. It shows up at home. It shows up at work. It, uh, it involves this area of my life and that area of my life. And uh, most issues that we face are complex because we're a unit. We lo- move through life. Uh, I can't divorce this from that. Us guys try to do that, but we, we can't. They're all hooked. Uh, they're all connected. Um, so it's, you know, maybe a four or five or a six, or seven. Uh, or is it a crisis? Is this a stronghold sin, something that's been uh, rooted in my life for a long time? Does it involve significant suffering? How, how severe is the thing that we're facing? Then we look at ownership. Um, is the person, and here's what I really want us to do is I want to kind of look at ourselves. 
Um, in, in some area of my life, what's the thing that God's been maybe speaking to me about? What's a recent struggle that I've had? Um, let me uh, evaluate myself on this. If you're not sure what your struggle is, just nudge the person next to you that knows you really want to say, what's my struggle again? And, um, and then you can share uh, with them what theirs is. Uh, but what we really want to do is kind of focus on ourselves here. And so uh, am I taking ownership? Am I repentant? Am I own them, uh, open? Am I highly teachable? Like, I want to know what God says about this. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to learn. Or, or um, maybe, you know, am I, uh, I see my sin, but I'm still making excuses. Well, I know it was wrong, but, you know, it's just the way I am. It's just my, you know, my personality. I just, like, I'm, I shoot from the hip. I just say it like it is. I, I just don't actually control my mouth. Oh, um, so I make excuses. I'm, uh, am I moderately teachable? And so perhaps that's a little better. And then uh, you get to uh, the 10, like, no ownership, blame shifts. It's not my fault. Somebody else, you know, it was my parents. Uh, it was all their fault. Um, no, it's not. Uh, I'm defensive. Um, you know, uh, well, you're one to talk. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, I get defensive. That's what I do. I get defensive. I say, denial, not teachable. Hey, there's not a problem here. I don't have a problem. Somebody's got a problem. You've got a problem. You're bringing it up. It must be your problem. So ownership. What's my level of ownership? And then support. How much support do I have? Um, Am I close to family? Am I intimate and accountable? Am I vulnerable in small group? Um, You know, okay, so lots of support there. So not as serious. We can handle a lot of things when we got some support. Those burdens that we carry, uh, lots of support. Um, Some family support, few friends, somewhat open in small group. Okay, it's getting a little more serious now. Not much support here. Uh, And then here, estranged from family, no friends, isolated not in a small group. You know, that's what we tend to do. We tend to isolate ourselves. I'm, it's sad. I meet so many people now and, and it's like, we're so mobile. We're families far away. I haven't made any friends. I'm all by myself. You know, I'm, I'm just so blessed. And it's not just because I've been here a long time. Everywhere I've gone, I've been able to connect with some people. And, and I would say, yeah, at two o'clock in the morning, if I need to call somebody, um, I have five people that uh, I could call and they would come. I've just been blessed that way. And uh, we, we seek to, to do life together and, and be open to each other so that we have those supports when it's needed. And uh, so uh, that's really important. So I hope that's helpful to you. Our response to sin then is restore if possible and don't be careless. Here's our uh, second category in uh, caring uh, carefully. Uh, suffering issues. It says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Um, the word here for burden is a word that means something too big to carry. It's uh, too heavy. It's like a boulder. You can't lift a boulder by yourself. Uh, maybe it's like a box. Maybe it's not a super heavy box, but if it's a, a big box, you just can't get under it. You just can't get a hold of it. It's, it's, uh, it's not a chair. It's a couch. I can move a chair, but um, it really helps when I have somebody else on the other end of a couch. Um, I'm pretty rammy. I just like, I do it myself. I am turning household goods into yard sale items on a daily basis. Yeah, we need help. These are things we need help with. So burdens too heavy to carry. Uh, they might. Um, what what kind of things are these? It might be um, the result of someone else's sinful behavior. It may impact you and be a heavy burden that you have to carry. Um, it might just be burdens of life, health concerns, financial concerns, or 
just circumstances that are overwhelming. Just one thing hits and another thing hits and another thing hits. And you go, seriously? Seriously? Another thing? Like now? Uh, it's like the lady, husband in the hospital, and, and she gets in and trying to warm up the car, and <laughs> the windshield cracks right across. the Now? Now? Really? Just things pile up and pile up, and it just gets unmanageable, and you need, you need some help. What's our response? Our response is share the load. Share the load. So uh, when the burdens are too heavy, uh, you know, fulfilling the law of Christ means to love one another by helping one another. Do you know that there are 59 one another statements in Scripture? 59 of them. And uh, I I thought there were only 39. Well, that's because some of them repeat a lot. As a matter of fact, uh, John in his uh, gospel and in his letters says, uh, love one another 11 times. I, I don't think he says any of the other one another's. I think it's all just love one another, love one another. Um, there's a lot more. I've got them right here on my cell phone. Um, oh, I've got to get out of that one. Let's go to there. Um, here we are. Um, oh, there's a whole bunch of them. Um, how about this one? Forgiving one another. Carry each other's burdens. That's the one we're looking at. Um, do not lie to one, each other. Um, Teach one another. Encourage each other. I like this one. Build each other up. If we're here to serve others, why are all the others here? Okay, totally missed that one. If we're here to serve others, then why are all the others here? Well, to serve me. No, 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 no. That's, that, don't go with that one. That's not a good one. Encourage one another. Here's one. Do not slander one another. Stop that. Don't talk that way about each other. Who do we talk nastily about most? The people closest to us. Don't do that. It says right here, don't slander one another. Don't grumble against each other. I don't like this one. Confess your sins to each other. Okay, let's move on. There's lots of one another's. Listen, um, here's here's our, our next warning. It says, um, don't be proud. It says, for if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing... He deceives himself. What is this talking about? This warning is for those who think they'll never need anybody else. I can do it myself. Thank you. Uh, Or who think serving others is beneath them. Why would it help carry your burden? Carry yourself, you selfish pig. Well, no, no. No, we're talking about burdens too heavy to carry. I can't carry it myself. Why would I help you carry your burden? Because the law of Christ says to. Jesus says, hey, a new law I give to you. Love one another. As I have loved you. I gave my life for you. That's how you're to love one another. If this is how everyone will know you're my disciples, if you love each other this way. Well, that's a high, high standard. Why would we not do that? This warning shouldn't even be necessary because the essence of the Christ life is to be other-centered, not self-centered. And so, hey, don't be proud. Don't be proud. Here's the third uh, category, stewardship issues. Uh, It simply says, for each will have to bear his own load. I know this seems to contradict the previous statement. But uh, the word for load here is different. The first word was like a boulder that uh, you can't carry. This is a word that means more like a backpack. And so we uh, share boulders and shoulder backpacks, right? We share boulders and shoulder backpacks. Uh, this, is, uh, this would include personal responsibilities. Does this ever go wrong at your house? Uh, these are things no one else can do for you. No one can live your life for you. No one can read the Bible for you. I, I don't 
know how you engage with God's word, but you have to do that for yourself. If you listen to it, if you read it, uh, you have to engage with God's word in the power of the Holy Spirit to be transformed. If your life is in the toilet and you're not walking with Christ, it's because you're not engaging with God's word in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because if you were, you would be getting transformed. Um, You would be changing. And so somehow you have to engage with God's word. I I don't know how to do that. I I read it yesterday. Uh, That didn't help you at all. Right? And so you have to do this for yourself. I can't do it for you. I, uh, I, uh, I can't think for you. You have to do those things for yourself. So our response is shoulder the load. Shoulder the load. And the warning here is uh, don't be lazy. Let each one test his own work and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. So as an example, on a very practical basis, whatever size box your income is, it's your responsibility to live inside that. If you're spending more than it's coming in, there's going to be trouble here. You can go a long ways towards making that seem like it's not a problem, but it's going to be a problem, right? Now, having said that, there are some incomes that are so low that they cannot provide the basics of life. And that now is a boulder. And we need to help carry that, and we do. We help carry that. But we also need to be working to change that in our society, right? So we, that's another way of shouldering that boulder. And so we need to do those things. But these are things that, that no one else can do for you. So don't be lazy. No trying to take some of your neighbor's fruit and tape it on your tree. Right? Got my kertunker. There. Oh, we're all doing good here together. I'm not doing any good, but we're doing good. Now, don't do that. Um, hey, no living off your parents' faith. faith. Hey, kids, I'm talking to you now. All of you, I see you. Yeah, I got you. I picked you out beforehand. I know where you are. No living off your parents' faith. You have to make it your own. One day, you have to make this your own. And so, uh, yeah, no shirking. Hey, no shirking. So someone else has to overcompensate for you. Um, okay. I said this first service, so I should probably say it this service. Going to get in a lot of trouble. How many ladies out there have one more child than they actually bore? I know I shouldn't have said that. No shirking, so someone else has to overcompensate for you. Don't be lazy. So listen, we need a careful response in treating these categories of dysfunction in our homes. Sin categories, yeah, that that affects our home, right? Uh, Boulders, uh, loads too heavy to carry, they come crashing in. Uh, We didn't see that coming, and, and, and we need help. Uh, and then my responsibilities, so often uh, the problem in the home is somebody not pulling their weight. And uh, yeah, we need to respond to those things carefully, um, categorically, properly in each area. And so we respond. Well, here's the second thing we need. Addressing inevitable dysfunction in our homes, God's way demands a clear response. Uh, all of our responses are from the heart or our inner person. We're talking about the eternal part of me. Uh, if you've trusted Christ, then made alive in Christ that is bound to and lives through my physical being. Paul gives us a look into the motivations that may result in possible dysfunction in our home. And he does this through the principle of sowing and reaping. And so right off the top, he gives us warning number four. Don't be deceived. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever one sows, that will he also reap. 
Listen, don't miss this. Don't miss this. Everything you do is going to have a result. Everything you do. In time and space, everything I do is paid forward in some manner. History may be repetitive, but it is not circular in the sense that what goes around comes around. That's karma. Um, I like the little sign, hey, karma, I have a whole list of people that you missed. (laughs) It's not karma. It's, hey, um, history is linear, and what you sow, you will reap. Listen to what God says. That's what happens. You will reap what you sow. Let's take a closer look at this. The foundation of this is the mutual ministry of God's word, sharing around the word of God. Let the one who has taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Uh, we're, We're doing life together under God's word. We're all under it. And we're all trying to live it out. It's God's word that gives us direction on how to live. We're talking about our church family and we're talking about your family. A lot of families don't even know they're dysfunctional. It's just... All the neighbors think we're normal. Just keep pretending, right? Um, I, I know everybody thinks their family is normal. I thought my family was normal. I Go downstairs and kill each other quietly. I, I just thought all families just did that. That's how you deal with things. There was lots of boys in our family. and We used to hit each other just to see who would take it the longest. I, said, well, I thought that was normal. I don't know. And then I found out not all families do it that way. And I thought, well, every family has their own normal. And it's just the way it is. Listen. They don't realize they don't have God's direction. They don't build their family experience about, around what God says is good and needful and right. We need in our families what we have right here, uh, letting God, sharing around the truth of God's word and letting God define what's normal. God says, this is the way we should live, not that. And without, without fail, eventually, we'll realize why, why God said that. When he says don't, he means don't hurt yourself. This isn't going to work out well if you do it that way. We've got the facts, the data to back it up. What does God's word say about how to talk to each other and how to talk about each other and how to treat each other? The foundation is God's word. And notice the frequency. Whatever one sows, that will he also reap. Whatever. The frequency is every situation. Every single time you say something, every single thing that you do. You go, really? Really? Come on. Life is like full of mundane like, they don't show that on TV. Like, when, when do they actually, like, go to the washroom on TV or eat? Like, they just, like, go from thing to thing to thing. And like, they never eat. They never go to the washroom. They never sleep. What's going on here? And uh, we have to do all those things. Life is so mundane. Surely you don't mean that every little thing is sowing for good or evil. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I do mean that. Even in the mundane, even in the mundane, uh, we're sowing. We're setting a direction. Paul often contrasts sowing in stark terms in other places. He says it's, it's either of faith or it's of unbelief. It's either of my flesh or it's of the spirit. It's worthwhile to ask ourselves, what's being sown in the hallways and the bedrooms and the living rooms and the rec rooms of my house? If, if you want to kind of test it, just flip over to uh, Galatians chapter 5 here. We've got a couple of lists. You're familiar with them. The works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality. That just described most of the stuff coming in on cable or on the internet. Right? Um, 
idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like this. Um, If you see those things in your home, those are because you're sowing those things. Idolatry is a big one. Enmity and strife. Jealousy. On the other hand, in verse 22, we have the fruit of the Spirit. You can sow these things. Uh, There's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there's no law, faithfulness. Uh, Because I promised, no matter how I feel, I'm going to do the right thing. What's being sown in your home? Well, the fruit... The fruit is either corruption or eternal life. The one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. So often the reality of what I'm sowing uh, is only revealed later. I didn't realize I was sowing this. Now I see this is what I'm getting. The laws of the harvest certainly apply here. Uh, We reap only what is being sown. Um, Somehow this got sown. Um, that's what I'm going to reap. We reap the same in kind as we sow. Um, maybe you've seen those little poems, Monday's Child, Tuesday's Child. Uh, you know, when you're told this all your life, that's what, that's what you begin to believe. That's how you begin to act. Yeah, you uh, reap in the same kind as we sow. We reap in a different season than we sow. So often what we find out later parents you're sowing right now into your children and 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 it's going to you're going to reap it later later we reap more than we sow that's a hard one it could be a good one so often it's a hard one and we reap in proportion to what we sow this is so practical you know like it comes down to where we live uh, we're sowing all the time i re- i remember uh, I was, we were visiting friends and we were having a great time visiting. And Around 8 o'clock, he said to his son, Hey, son, it's time to go to bed. Off you go. Go to bed. And, um, you know, uh, he didn't. And so at like 8.20, you know, he said, Hey, 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 I told you to go to bed. Go to bed. So, um, and he didn't. And I counted 11 times. 11 times. He said, Go to bed. Um, when did he go to bed? Uh, number 11. Because he got dragged down the hallway. Whack, whack, whack. I told you to go to bed. You're going to get to bed. And he's crying. And so big, big upset. And so I'm so embarrassed in front of my company. I did this. And I, had to, I had to do that. And like, oh, that was, that was great. We had a wonderful time. Um, anyway, what was he teaching his child all along? Now, you don't have to listen to me. I don't really mean it. Um, you, have to, you have to learn how to read dad. And when that vein stands out in his forehead, it's time. Like just about to the edge here. And so, uh, I mean, he's been practicing that all the time. If it's like, you know, a school night and there's homework, it's, uh, you get twice. Two times, buddy. You get to bed um, because it's important. Friday night, dad's watching hockey. It's not nearly as important. I can get away with four or five, no question. Company? We got company. I'm going to push it all the way, baby. I got 11 this time. Woo! I had to put up with a little bit of whack, but hey, you know, it's a, what are we teaching? We're sowing seeds. And I'll tell you, when a, when a kid doesn't listen at seven, it's a whole lot different when they don't listen at 17. We're sowing and we're going to reap. 
um, we are. Um, addressing the inevitable dysfunction in our homes, uh, thirdly, God's way demands a consistent response. Listen to this so, so carefully. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Don't give up. This is our, our final warning. Don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Um, it's going to come. Let's review some of the things that we've mentioned that we can uh, sow to the good. Restoring the sinner. And that's, that's a good thing. Comforting and bearing up those who are suffering. Sharing the boulders. Encouraging good stewardship. Shouldering the backpack. Uh, sowing to the Spirit by engaging God's Word in our family decisions. And sowing good habits or wise ways in our parenting. Listen, uh, we're going to reap good. We'll reap good. It will be in a different season. It will be in proportion. But it will produce more. It will be spirit produced. And it will be good. Good. Now, uh, let me define good. Because I don't want you to walk out of here saying, Roger promised. Roger promised this. And there's no guarantees. Our children are making their own decisions. Uh, they, they have their own decisions to make. And, uh, you know, when our children were growing up, when they turned 13, because 13 seemed like a good age, you know, like not 12, they're into the teens, seemed like a good transition spot. And so we bought them all a, a gold ring, and a, an expensive gold ring, like hundreds of dollars a gold ring, not a cheapy thing. And I uh, said, don't lose that. I paid money for that, so don't you lose this. But this is a symbol of the fact that um, this is your life, and you're becoming an adult. And you're going to have to make your own decisions. And if, if you're willing to reap what you sow, if you're willing to pay the consequences of your decisions, uh, you can do anything you want. Because it's your life. Now you know, you know that our heart is that you would follow Jesus Christ with everything that you are. But that's your decision. And so we're letting you know today that this is your life. And you can do whatever you want with it. Um, but not under our house, not under our roof. Um, there's some rules around here that you've got to keep. But one day, one day you're going to be out of here. And so uh, we're just telling them th- this truth. Hey, um, don't be deceived. Whatever you sow that you are going to reap. Well, don't be discouraged. It, it, what, what, what are the things that we reap? Eternal life, the fruit of the Spirit, a good character. We always focus on the wrong things that we want from God. And these are the things that God has promised us. Listen, it can get really hard, can it? I talk to husbands. And I talk to wives. And I talk to parents. And I talk to children. And they say, I never thought it would be this hard. I just can't get my parents straightened out. (laughs) No, I hear this. Oh, wow. I never thought it would be like this. I didn't think it would be this hard. I kind of knew when I was going in, but I I didn't think it would be this hard. I just never saw this coming. Yeah. Well, it's going to rain. The sparks are going to fly. And some things are even going to catch on fire. And you will be tempted to give up. But we are not going to give up ever. Because... In due season, we will reap if we do not give up. Folks, we're in this together. We're a big family of families. This is our 
our church family and everyone, everyone is welcome under our roof. Whether you're single or a, a widow or, or a, alone, you're welcome to come here and uh, be engaged in our family and on the basis of God's word, find out how we're to live together and we'll encourage each other. We'll restore each other when we've sinned and we'll uh, pick each other up and bear each other's burdens and we'll uh, carry our own backpacks and challenge each other to do that and we'll, and we'll encourage each other to never, never, never Uh, give up. We're going to help each other and do good for each other and with each other. And we're going to reap good. We're going to reap good. So here, uh, listen to the warnings. Uh, Don't be careless. Don't be proud. Don't be lazy. Don't be deceived. And don't be discouraged. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for this time. Lord, um, as we gather as families and in our families. And Father, we're all in different places. And Father, some are thinking about all the hurt. And can it ever be resolved? Father, others are, are just so feeling so alone in it all. Um, don't know where to turn. Um, Father, so many parents are struggling. Will we ever get through this age? Will we ever get through these times? Uh, what's the right thing to do? And so, Father, our, 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 we're lifting our eyes to you and pray that you would help us. Father, help us to respond carefully and well. Help us to encourage each other and bear each other up. Father, help us to uh, sow good things so that down the road we're going to reap. We're going to see uh, blessings. We're going to see eternal life. We're going to see um, uh, good character. Uh, we're going to experience peace and joy and harmony in our homes where we live and Father, we long for these things and you designed us for them and so we cry out to you and pray that you help us not to be discouraged but Father, help us to keep sowing good in the power of your Holy Spirit so we might see your hand moving in us and among us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.